Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of GSU ENI Radio, broadcasting live from the Georgia State University Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute. In this episode, Lee, we have with us the folks from Georgia Fintech Academy. Please join me in welcoming to the show first, Executive Director with Georgia Fintech Academy, Mr. Tommy Marshall. Good morning, sir. Good morning. It's great to be back with Business Radio X. All right, Tommy, why don't you recap for the the one or two folks out there that aren't familiar with Georgia Fintech Academy. How are you serving folks? Georgia Fintech Academy is a workforce development initiative of the University System of Georgia, who uh, many of you as listeners may remember includes 26 institutions in Georgia, 330,000 students, 330,000 students. And we um, are here today at Georgia State, which is one of our most fantastic institutions, tier one research institution. And um, we, Georgia State, uh, I'm very grateful to say, is the home of the Georgia Fintech Academy at 55 Park Place in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, we work as a result very closely with the Robinson School of Business uh, here. Uh, the Georgia Fintech Academy is here to really help address uh, a major talent demand uh, that that exists across the 160 fintech companies that reside here in Georgia. Those 160 companies have told me they have a demand of between eight and 10,000 students, fintech-ready professionals, let's say fintech-ready professionals, every year. And so um, my team and myself and my partners like Robinson uh, School of Business are working super hard to try to um, address that demand and really get these incredible opportunities available to uh, more and more students every day. And speaking of students, um, I'm super happy that Daniel Hadgu could join me today. Uh, he is the epitome of what we want to be offering to these fintech companies Um Daniel is fintech engaged. He's a fintech entrepreneur. As a is a junior, you're uh, junior. First semester senior. Okay, first sorry. Semester whoa, senior. whoa, major faux pas. For me. <laughs> no well, worries. Uh, first I mean, semester. Tommy, senior. before we get to Daniel, I want to talk a okay, little bit okay. about kind of the fintech industry as a whole yeah. and why it's so important to Georgia and the country. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes Atlanta a, the right place to have a fintech academy? Yeah. Our, we have – our heritage is payments mm-hmm. as Atlanta. We have a deep, deep, long history in uh, the payments industry as um, – I won't bore you with all the history, but it goes back to some regulatory um, – state regulatory um, uh, positions that were put forth like I think over 20 years ago. And as a result, several of the large payment uh, providers in the United States uh, – put down roots here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. So, and if you've been following the business route, uh, business news, there's been some really massive um, combinations of some of the largest payment providers in the world right here in Atlanta. So that's FIS and WorldPay, uh, two uh, very large companies have gotten together 
uh, with major operations here in Atlanta, uh, a company called Fiserv and another one called First Data got together, uh, merged recently, and then also uh, Global Payments and Tesis, um, which are two uh, longstanding Georgia companies, uh, have combined. Now, that's just uh, a representation of our heritage in payments. We also um, really work the entire financial services landscape from a financial services technology standpoint. Um, and that is uh, recognized through companies like Equifax, like Invesco, uh, BlackRock uh, just recently opened their one of their largest offices outside of the New York and San Francisco bases for them here over near Pont City Market. Um, and then we've also got, of course, Truist Bank, uh, that's a, a fantastic partner in, with our community. Um, and, and there's younger companies like younger uh, companies, Cabbage, yeah, you know that are. And I know you you hang out over at the ATDC crowd, and we have at ATDC over 32 revenue producing fintech early stage companies. Right. Um, so it's not going anywhere. It's only getting no. bigger, and the community is getting more robust and yes. is hungry for talent, yes. like you said. Yes. And that's really where you're coming into play is to help. Uh, get all these companies, the people it needs to do all the things they're trying to do to make the impact. Mm-hmm. The, the the scarcest resource in this entire fintech arena is talent. And it's and, one of those things that a lot of times you read about how the jobs, jobs, jobs. And here's a situation where there's lots of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And these are not uh, kind of the minimum wage jobs. These are high paying really uh, jobs that have really aggressive career paths for the right people. That's right. And uh, it's just a matter of of identifying the young people and getting them prepared for this future that's happening right here in their backyard. That's exactly right. And, um, and Brian will mention this. We are addressing professionals too. Uh, There's a professional education agenda that is an important aspect of this Georgia Fintech Academy and Brian and others are helping me uh, think that through and we our intention is to offer a meaningful set of professional education courses to people that are working in these companies today that um, are trying to keep up with an industry that's moving at a lightning pace mm-hmm. and um, they, and we are in a position to offer them some great courses to help them um, grow their careers. All right. So that is a great segue for Daniel. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you. So now tell us about uh, your background. You're a student right now. That's correct. And you're working as an intern at one of these FinTech companies. Uh, that's also correct. Um, so a little bit about myself, Daniel Hadgu, uh, first semester, uh, senior at Georgia State University, and this previous summer I was able to do sales and trading uh, at Nomura Securities, which is a Wall Street bank in New York. Mm-hmm. And this upcoming summer I'm actually going to be doing uh, Vanguard Investment Management in Malvern, Pennsylvania. And I'm also right now in talks mm-hmm. with BlackRock to be able to come hopefully uh, full time on board. And again, like uh, Tommy had reiterated, uh, fintech is just the way of the future, and there's a lot of developments that are coming in place, and I think anyone that's here in Atlanta is having the opportunity if they have the talent to match with it, and I think that's what Fintech Academy is doing. So now t- tell me about when you were uh, younger, and uh, and you're still young. <laughs> when you were younger, when did the words fintech kind of get on your radar? Like at some point, you know, when you were a little, little kid, you weren't <laughs> like, oh, one day I'll be in fintech. You yeah. know, at some point... 
your yeah. attention kind of was drawn to fintech. I'd like to know when that occurred so maybe we can help identify young people sooner to get them on the right track. Sure. So I think uh, self-education is really big. So, you know, we have the internet and I just find myself all the time just on the internet searching and finding different things to be able to get involved with to be what, able to, like in high school, middle school, when, uh, I'll when? say freshman year college. Oh, yeah. so you at high school, what were you, what'd you think you were going to be when you were in high school? So I'm not, so when I was <laughs> in high school, yeah, high school, I wasn't really like academically, um, involved. So I didn't mean, I didn't, I don't like, <laughs> like, I, yes. So like, academics weren't a priority. Yeah. Cause as I, much as they are today. yeah. Cause I would work while I was in high school too. And right. trying to help my family first generation from Eritrea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's and, talk about that. Yeah. So yeah. First, cause you left out a really cool thing mm-hmm. you've been doing. Yeah. So I also been working on a startup that I've been doing right now, Ethiopay. Um, and it's between, uh, cross border payments between Atlanta, Ethiopia, and uh-huh. some of the streams that we've been doing is, Cross uh, bill pay, payment transfer, top offs, which is data and minutes, and we right now been also competing in the Thai entrepreneurship competition to be able to just get exposure. And Tommy, he's really been, you know, embracing me and bringing me into different opportunities. You and, uh, exactly. So now, so you're going to school. That's correct. You're uh, interning. That's correct. And you got a startup. That's yeah. correct. Is that enough on your plate? <laughs> you know, to be the best, you got to do what it takes to be the best. So you got to keep on always doing what you can, whatever opportunity lies, take it. And, you know, everything pays off. But how did the how did the transition happen from high school where academics weren't important to where it seems like you've kind of leaned into academics mm. and are really kind of wringing out the most of your college experience here? Yeah. So I just want to really work with a purpose. So, again, my mom just retired because um, she has arthritis in her knee. And, you know, my dad does truck driving. And so I just see them always working, 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 but without a purpose. And, you know, they're older up in their age and they still have to work where, you know, I want to work with a purpose. I heard a coach like, find your passion or you're wasting air. And so I kind of seen like entrepreneurship and uh, innovation being a way to, to open the gates to allow me to live the American dream. So now, but what was the light bulb moment? What happened? Did something happen that said, hey, you know what? I got to pursue this. Yeah. So my cousin and I actually took the graduate blockchain course when they first did it, I think almost two years ago over in Buckhead. We just sat in, just wanted to learn. So had you heard of blockchain? Here and there, but I didn't have a concrete understanding of what it was. But I think Georgia State's um, organization and, and classes really like gave me the definition of what it was so you said hey this is something we should learn more about exactly and then that was through you hadn't heard of it in high school you weren't familiar with blockchain Mm -hmm. so was it the crypto part of blockchain that got your interest the cryptocurrency part that's correct uh more so like a cryptocurrency learning like the different languages like solidity and just seeing like the opportunity that lies okay so you you saw an opportunity Mm -hmm. like hey we got to learn more about this exactly and that got your interest in that got you more immersed into this kind of world that's correct and Mm -hmm. crypto and fintech and blockchain Mm -hmm. those are all kind of connected exactly did you buy a lot of bitcoin uh a little bit you know a little bit (laughs) (laughs) it's in a cold water somewhere right now (laughs) are you satoshi and you're just playing with us. Maybe, maybe. Okay, I'm like, oh, maybe. I like, that. <laughs> I like that. So now, um, once you kind of started learning about it, you got more and more interested. You're like, okay, there's something here. Yes. And that got your kind of passion involved, and you started kind of wanting to learn more and more. Is that what occurred? 
That is correct. Yep. And then so you start taking more classes, you start to get involved in more organizations. Mm-hmm. And then Georgia State gave you kind of some resources that helped you kind of lean into this. That's correct. Yeah. So at Georgia State definitely um, opened up and, and brought in what it, exactly uh, fintech was for me mm-hmm. and just giving me a lot of exposure with Tommy Marshall and Dean Richard Phillips, giving me exposure to ATPC, ATDC, um, allowing me to come to Fintech South Conference and just like open up the scopes of the possibilities for individuals if they have the talent. So now you at that point, did you think, okay, I can get a job now. If I learn this stuff, then I'll be good financially. This is going to be a good path for me for a career. Yes, I, definitely. Because right? um, even when I first came to college, I, I thought in my head, 30000 I could live in Buckhead. Nice. Really? Kind. And it was just the exposure. Yeah. You know, 30,000 living it, in Buckhead. Cause I was first generation. So I didn't, I thought small, but then again, just being with different people come to college, hearing about fintech and just seeing the different possibility. Now it's like, okay, six figures is a possibility coming out of school. Right. And that's a real possibility pretty quickly in this industry. Mm-hmm. So now what got you involved in having a startup? Because one thing is, oh, I'm going to get a job. That makes sense to probably the majority of mm-hmm. the students. But for some reason, you said, you know what? I want to kind of choose myself and, and make my own path. What got you thinking like, okay, I can build something. I can create a, a business. Yeah. So again, just being first generation here in the United States, I've always been around entrepreneurs, whether it's owning gas stations or right. having their own business, convenience store. So I always had that hustler mentality. And now we're just finding like my main or my main lane to be able to get involved right. in. Um, and then again, just seeing the opportunity is like, why not take advantage? I have nothing to lose. It's all upside, no downside. Right. And I found two other colleagues and it just made sense. We had the connections to Ethiopia and everything was aligning for us to take advantage of it. We're in the fintech hub of the country, um, Ethiopia, you know, that right now they're having a shift in power and right. they're having a lot of allowing a lot of foreign direct investments to come in. So we said, let's try to make a plan and see if we can execute on it. And then Tommy, jump in here. I know you're. I'm uh, ready. Uh, Go. Yes. Yeah, I'm with taking, you. I'm Instagram's with you. important to everybody. <laughs> so um, <laughs> when you hear a story like that, this is really at the heart of the academy, right? To bring in diverse people that are, yes. are, are connecting dots in ways that. Daniel's the archetype. Right. Yeah. Thank you. You get it. Now, Absolutely. But that's. I love um, this guy. Now, uh, and I think this is where GSU really is one of the superpowers where they do have access to this kind of diversity. Mm-hmm. And they're, once you give them these foundational skills and what's available, they're connecting dots in ways that no one could have imagined because mm-hmm. they're living a different kind of life as maybe some of these people that are running some of these large fintech companies are. Yes. And they are, um, but they're, they're incredibly important to these these companies in in another way, and that's the fact that there's a massive generational shift going on mm-hmm. in how financial services, uh, what's in in what financial services products are relevant to this generation. And by the way, this is the the beginning of the Gen Z um, generation in Daniel. That's who we're talking to. Right. This is the the very. Did you know that you're you are the beginning? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You are the leading edge of the Gen Z. Or, you, know, you are the beginning, um, or I'd say the I guess the oldest of the Gen Z um, are are in uh, juniors and seniors in college right now. So um, the the point of view that's informed by um, how 
Daniel has essentially grown up over the last 10 to 15 years in terms of your engagement with the digital world, mobile. I mean, I might be interested to know, like, when did you first start engaging with a mobile device? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's significant. And so the um, every banker I talk to, investment manager I talk to, financial services technology provider I talk to, they're, they're very intent on figuring out what is the right – what are the right set of financial services products for uh, a Gen Z – uh, person, how do they want to engage? What's the right delivery mechanism? You know that all of these uh, new ideas and problems, and it's not just oh the mobile phone. You got to think about uh, Square, LinkedIn, Instagram, gaming, everything, esports, YouTube, Netflix, Amazon, all of that. You got to mash it all into a big um, into this problem statement and start to figure out how do you win uh, in financial services uh, today and tomorrow in addressing this generation. And then, uh, so Daniel, before we wrap with you, tell us about the startup and how uh, people can learn more about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so um, right now we've been trying to get exposure. Uh, we're going to be competing in a couple of the competitions and, and have some, hopefully, some exposure at the FinTech South Conference. Um, but again, Ethiopia, it, it just helps diasporas of Ethiopian descent over here to be able to send money back home to their families and friends. So it's for uh, people in America that are Ethiopian that want to send money back. This is a vehicle for them to do that in a safe, reliable manner. That's correct. Yep. And then that's the problem you're trying to solve. Yep. So that's the correct. Um, so again, like I said, my, my, uh, thing that I'm trying to do is like make impact as a final goal and not like wealth at the status quo. So I'm definitely trying to make impact and in a good way and try to help people back home. And what do you need more of to make this dream come true? So right now um, we've been trying to assemble like an advisory team. So Tommy definitely been someone that I've been able to pick at his brain and, and get some Tommy's advice. Tommy's only one guy. Yeah. So still trying to get more people. Tommy knows people. <laughs> Tommy does know people. <laughs> so try to meet more people that we can pick at their brain and, and use them as a soundboard to be able to see what we need to keep on propelling the idea and keep on just executing keep on doing what we have to do. And when the time is right, uh, be able to get funding for it as well. Good stuff. Now, Tommy, uh, this is, like you said, he's kind of the, the model that you're trying to kind of, kind of replicate now. How does that make you feel when you hear him being able to articulate this and so going, going from a person in high school that didn't have these aspirations to actually moving the ball and making them come true is, Amazing. Yeah, it's uh, well. Personally, it's it's just incredibly exciting and fulfilling to have an opportunity to engage with people like Daniel. Um, and you know, he and I are starting to work on the design of the Daniel Georgia Fintech Academy bobblehead. <laughs> we're going to use that as a fundraiser. Right. So um, we're excited about that. He's kind of tough to negotiate with. We'll get, get it figured out. Um, but seriously, it's. Um, it's a key thing with the Georgia Fintech Academy as well is, um, you know, we're in a very formative stage. And so it's critical that we've got opportunities to hear the voices um, and have uh, from the, the students who are here in this program to really um, guide us in how we're, we're rounding out or continuing to evolve this program and make it as highly relevant as possible to 
uh, students. Um, and, and not just from a pedagogical educational standpoint, but in terms of uh, how to, to shape uh, vocational aspirations and engage them directly with opportunities in, in the private sector. So we very much view ourselves as a, uh, as a bridge to, uh, from their educational experience into um, what will hopefully be a vocational experience in fintech. Uh, and we're, we're doing that in all sorts of interesting ways that we're kind of testing and learning from. Um, and that involves student projects. We've got, uh, several meaningful, um, large institutions engaging with us to do projects directly with the students. So that helps the students to hear, okay, what matters to, uh, we have a top five bank that we just engaged in. We're getting launching with, uh, these student projects with, um, I think next week. Um, so they're hearing directly about a business problem that these, uh, these bankers have that, uh, have, and they're looking for fintech concepts around. Um, we've got, uh, opportunities to embed them into internship opportunities that are, that are servicing almost every day. Some global head of HR is calling me saying, oh, my gosh, I don't have enough interns for the summer. Help, 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 uh, which I love. Yeah, those are good um, problems. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, the the full-time jobs. And then the, this entrepreneurial track, I mean, you know, here we are sitting in the entrepreneurial hub of, of Georgia State, is um, – I think a really meaningful one. And, and if you look at all of the uh, kind of trend information is that uh, we've got more uh, factors helping drive entrepreneurial opportunities and um, Gen Z students more interested. Interest, more interested than ever right. in starting their careers in an entrepreneurial um, uh, opportunity. And so that is also an important effort of the Georgia Fintech Academy and one that we collaborate aggressively on with um, programs like the entrepreneurship program here at Georgia State. Now, what is the what are the things that uh, make you high five your team at the end of the week, uh, what are the success metrics that you're looking for? These anecdotes are fantastic, yes. and these stories are are critical to help evangelize. Yeah, there's, your work. there's sort but of two, what's the success two, two big ones that I'm staring at every day, and and one is how many students do we have in fintech academy courses, uh, which are at the undergraduate level right now. So, so that's the top of your funnel. Yep. And so um, right now, we just closed spring semester drop ad. We're in spring semester. Um, we have 409 students in at least one Georgia FinTech Academy course this semester. That is over 30% growth on the fall semester. Wow. So we're seeing, if this trend continues, we're at at least a 30% compound annual or period on period growth rate um, for enrollment in FinTech Academy courses. So we're very excited about that. So that's great. High five. Um, the next is this placement of um, students into full-time jobs and internships. Um, that right now, our goal, our goal is to have uh, over 250 students placed into full-time positions in this calendar or calendar year of 2020 and uh, over 200 students put into internship opportunities in this calendar year. So as they're coming in, they're going out employed. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that, although I love the curriculum number, the one I really, really, really 
double high five on <laughs> for getting right. students into these internship opportunities. And, and I think that's to be commended because most educational institutions focus in on are the incoming and they don't focus in on the results of, yeah. of them being through yeah. the program. Yeah. So and there's great people for just for considering that. And there's great, great people here focused intensively on the incoming and that's their job. And that's right. awesome. And, you know, Thanks to the the foresight of Georgia State and the university system was, okay, let's get some resources, some people focus more on additionally on the placement uh, and supporting the right. great career advancement teams that exist in these schools, just giving them additional oomph, oomph and horsepower on this particular industry, as an example, is I think a good uh, investment of our state funds. Now, um, how important are sponsors, like financial sponsors and, and these large organizations? Very that- important, and thank you for asking that. Um, there has been meaningful investment from the state of Georgia in getting this program incubated, and I'm grateful for that. And I send prayers every day down the street towards the legislative session right. that is in <laughs> currently because I really – continue to need some additional seed funding from that crowd. Um, our aspiration and our stated goal is to have this program reach a point of self-sustainment financially within um, the next 24 months. And that self-sustaining um, fiscal engagement comes from uh, direct corporate contributions. Our biggest um, uh, corporate sponsor investor right now is uh, FIS, which is one of the companies I referred to earlier. Very meaningful uh, initial investment was made by them. Um, But I'm out um, talking and asking others to invest in this program directly, um, many of the companies we've mentioned so far on this show and many others. Um, so, and then I need that investment as additional sort of seed investment. And I think I'll always be asking for further corporate investment as long as this program is, uh, in place. But our, our goal is to be covering 60, 70, maybe even 80% of our fiscal needs by selling this professional education, uh, courseware to the private sector, mm-hmm. which is, uh, makes kind of total sense to me. We as a university system right. are, are in a position to manufacture quote unquote, um, courses that we uh, can offer. And it's, um, in this professional education, uh, kind of capability is one that is not new for us as Georgia State, as, as Georgia Tech, as the university system. And so we absolutely have the capability to offer some of the highest, the, the highest quality professional education courses to the market. And so we're building those courses right now, um, with, um, with, um, the industry to go and offer. And then, you know, we'll charge, Anywhere from five hundred to four thousand dollars per participant per course um, that we're going to offer, and then as you, can, if I can just get to two thousand participants a year, I think we'll have more than enough to cover the fiscal needs of this program um, on an annual basis. Good stuff. Now, if somebody went to learn more, what's the website? GeorgiaFintechAcademy.org. And Daniel, if somebody wanted to know more about your startup, what's the website? Ethiopiacenter.com. Good stuff. Well, thank you both for sharing the story today. Thanks, thank Lee. You. All right. Next up on the show, we got Brian Jennings. How you doing, Good man? morning. Good, good, Lee. Good morning. How are you? Did you learn anything or you knew all this stuff I did. Tommy? I, I've, I've known Tommy for a while since I've been here. I've been at Georgia State about uh, four months. I uh, just came over four from- months. Four You're months. You're newbie. Yeah. So, um, so what do you think so far? Ah. You know, just hearing uh, uh, D- uh, Daniel and Tommy's interaction uh, just, just reinforced to me the- 
the reason why I came here. I mean, I, I spent uh, just a little way of background. And, and by the way, my role at Georgia, Georgia State here at the Robinson College of Business is I'm associate dean of our graduate programs and our um, uh, executive education program. And I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about what that portfolio entails. But, but prior to coming to Georgia State, I spent nine years at Georgia Tech. I uh, was associate dean of their MBA programs, uh, spent five years uh, at uh, the Wharton School, and then about 17 very long years in consulting. And, and really, the, the, the key reason I came to Georgia State was exactly what, what Tommy and, and Daniel were talking about. And that's, that's this, this amazing um, uh, constitu- constituency that we serve here at Georgia State, and also how we do it. Uh, I think, the, and we're going to talk more about the MBA program um, in a little bit, but, but for me, and I've been in the business for quite some time, the future of graduate business education really lies in working professionals and serving the working professional um, audience. Uh, and the MBA is very important part of that offering, but I think also specialized masters is a key part of that. But mm-hmm. the real key is, um, is, is the working relationship, excuse me, the, the relationship we have with working professionals primarily here in the Atlanta region. So now um, what, what made you kind of switch to GSU? Like what got you here the, it sounds like they give a lot of latitude and, and you can really make an impact sure. and kind of make your mark and, and your stamp on things. Yeah, absolutely. That- yeah. So, so, so primarily it's the, um, it's the, it's the vast array of offerings that we have. So, mm-hmm. so one of the things of, um, that attracted me to Georgia state, and again, it goes back to where, where is the future of graduate management education going? It, it's really towards specialized master's programs. So, so Georgia State. And what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, so whereas an MBA program is a general management degree, um, a specialized master's is uh, is highly specialized. 30, 30 credit hour offering. Um, so you're getting more narrow, more niche. Exactly. And then, so they're going deep on these kind of specific subject matters. Exactly. It's more. It's a trade off. Exactly. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas an MBA is more about breadth, right. And general management know how. This is they're Special- putting all their chips in the table for one specialty. Exactly. And how how are you kind of curating these specialties? Because the world moves so fast. It absolutely does. So so one of the benefits of Georgia State at the Robinson College of Business is we have. Um, not one, not two, but fifteen specialized masters. Wow! So they fall into um, uh, kind of different areas. Uh, we have traditional function, business functional uh, areas um, like, like finance, marketing, accounting, taxation, etc. Um, we have industry specific programs like um, hospitality management, healthcare, and uh, commercial real estate, to name a few. And then we and then we have some interdisciplinary um, offerings as well. Uh, our hottest program right now actually is the Masters in Analytics. Mm-hmm. And then, so now in your role, what what's your role in this? Yeah, sure. So so my role is um, is to manage and grow this program. So you're choosing new specialties. Are yeah, you absolutely. Helping really decide. Yeah. So 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 it's um it's a um like any portfolio, it's it's really designed to. To um, continue to to keep an ear on the market, um, ear to the ground on the market, find out what what offerings, uh, and make sure our programs are are reflecting what the market demands are. So you're going to be constantly adding new ones and then pruning too, right? It can't just be adding, right? That is you got correct. to prune the ones that aren't as that's, relevant today as they were. That, maybe that's absolutely that's absolutely correctly. Yeah. 
And then, um, so now, who'd you bring with you today? Yeah, so so today I'm um, I'm delighted to be joined by Devisha Patel, who's who's actually one of the students, uh, rising stars, and soon to be graduating stars in our Flex MBA program. And just to get a little context, Lee, our MBA offering, we have actually two different formats. We have an executive MBA program, which is mostly targeted to um, professionals who are a little further in their career, maybe ten to twelve years of experience. It's a cohort based program. Uh, offered on select Fridays and Saturdays in our Buckhead campus. And then we also have our Flex MBA, which is the college's flagship program. Uh, it is a, uh, it is a completely self-paced, hence the word flex, uh, program. It's offered at night for working professionals. And if you kind of think about the, the background, this is kind of a nice, uh, historical tidbit. Uh, Georgia State University actually got its start back in 1913 as the Georgia Evening College. And it was designed specifically for working professionals, business classes for working professionals. Obviously, in the last 100-plus years, Georgia State has progressed a little bit beyond that. It's a full-fledged university, as as Tommy mentioned earlier, with R1 research status. But we continue to be very focused on serving the the needs of the working professionals here in Atlanta. And uh, a Flex MBA, again, is our flagship program. We probably have about uh, close to 400 students in that program because it's self-paced. Some people take uh, going through in two, two years, some people three years, some, some, some people four years. But it's all like all, all of our other program offerings. It's all designed um, to help in the uh, career advancement of our students. And are those specialized masters available for the Flex program as well, and the Executive MBA as well? Um, well, so they're separate offerings. So, so someone is a student of one of those programs, um, whether but, it's a master's program or an right. MBA. And then, uh, so now, how do you know Devisha? Yeah, so 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 Devisha's um, has uh, been in the program for a, a, a couple years. Uh, she's due to graduate, I believe, in May. That's so, uh, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background, Devisha, and then, um, I think Lee, Lee will have some other questions as sure. well as, as far as your experience in the program. And most importantly, what happens after graduation? Sure, Brian. Um, so I'm Devisha Patel. Uh, my background is actually, uh, more so focused on healthcare. I did my undergraduate degree as well as my first master's at Mercer University. Um, during that time, I had more of a focus on health policy as well as doing a bunch of research, whether that was in biolog- biology or in uh, I was doing telemedicine research in rural, po- rural areas of Georgia. And then I decided to come to Georgia State and expand my knowledge on um, business as well as combining that with the analytics side that Georgia State offers within their business program. And how did you become aware of the program? Um, I actually became aware of the program. I'm a Georgia native, so I was pretty familiar with the business schools around the area. I knew that I wanted to stay in the Atlanta area, and as I was going through it, Georgia State was one of the options. And then what got you interested in the analytics, or that's what you were looking for from any of the ones you could have chosen? Mm -hmm. So I was interested more in the analytics because I knew that with Georgia State's MBA program, they they combined their classes with learning more about different analytical programs, such as you can expand your knowledge on Excel or take other courses um, that would teach you more about SPSS or SAS or Tableau. And I knew with this day and age, with the advancements in technology and analytics, that that was a huge portion. So I wanted to have like a well-rounded education on that. So you're you're working full-time and then taking the classes? 
So I'm actually working part-time at Georgia State. I'm a graduate assistant within the graduate uh, programs. And then you're taking, when do you take the classes? So all of my classes are at night. Um, another reason I chose Georgia State was it provides the option of where you want to take classes and at um, what times. So for example, with Robinson College of Business, you can take your classes downtown or in the Buckhead campus. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, you have the option of taking classes for the full semester or taking what they have a eight week class. Um, within the eight week classes, you can have one course that is four hours long, or if you decide to take the full semester class, it would be about two hours and 15 minutes. So for now I am taking classes at night. And then, uh, what's the class experience like? Is that you are in a cohort and you're following each other around or is it every class is different? So different students. With the Robinson College of Business, and because it is a flex MBA program, it's not a cohort program. It's more of a self-paced program. Um, However, you do see a lot of your colleagues in similar classes because there are certain classes that are offered at certain times throughout the year. Um, But, yeah. Now, Tell us about your experience. Like you've gone through other another MBA pro, or another uh, master's program. So how does this compare? So with my previous um, program, with my previous master's program, it was actually a cohort style. So I was with the students for mm-hmm. the duration of the program. And the biggest difference was having the option to be a flexible program in this at the Robinson College of Business. And it's definitely been a huge adjustment at the beginning. Right. However, it it was it was much easier for me because it gave me the opportunity to decide when I wanted to finish the program as opposed right. to having a certain deadline of finishing the program. Um, with the Robinson College of Business, however, I will be finishing that in the two-year span. So now for you, how do you see this impacting your career? What, what's the next step once you complete this? So the next step um, would be actually joining a consulting firm right after I finish. I signed the offer with them back in August. Uh, this was the same firm that I interned with actually last summer. And you interned through, the, you got to know them through the Flex MBA program? Yes. So the Flex MBA program actually helped me to land my internship within Georgia State. Mm-hmm. They have a platform called Handshake. Many students actually aren't familiar with it, but essentially it provides the school the opportunity to post various internships as well as uh, full-time and part-time jobs that are specific to Georgia State University students. Uh, Within that platform, I applied to many companies, um, and I started very early into my career about that. And so because of that platform, I was actually able to land my internship and then proceed to land my full-time job afterwards. And then so the future looks bright? Yes, definitely. (laughs) Now, any advice for students that are considering going through this type of program? What are some of the do's and don'ts and things you've learned from kind of going through it? In my personal opinion, I would definitely say if you're considering this program and you have an idea of where you want to be after the program, start as early as possible. So when I started the program back in the summer of 2018, I actually learned about the Handshake platform and I applied, I uploaded my cover letter as well as my resume on that platform. And because I did that, a career coach actually reached out to me. And again, many students don't realize that we have these career coaches that can help you throughout this process. And I would say definitely get in touch as early as possible to refine your resume and your cover letter. 
And I would say be as involved as possible. So within the Robinson College of Business, we also have the Graduate Business Association. So once you become part of the Robinson College of Business, you're automatically enrolled in that um, club. Within that club, we we provide many speakers that come and you can you have the opportunity to network as well. So it sounds like uh, to, to someone who's not part of this, the culture at Robinson is very supportive. They're going kind of above and beyond and helping you kind of further your career, but also make you connections and giving you tools and resources to make the connections you need to help yourself after you graduate. Is that how it is? Yes, I would definitely agree on that. There are many resources that you can utilize. It's just that students also need to take the initiative right. because they, this is they, a graduate program. Right. It's not so. like you can just sit in your room and just wait for the phone to ring. Yeah. You got to take <laughs> some action, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, what's been the most rewarding part of this kind of journey for you? I believe the most rewarding was just the culture and like having the friendships and the relationships that I built throughout the process. It was more than just a business school in general. It was very family oriented in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I can have the, like I could see different professors or different bosses that I've worked with in the past and just have conversations with them. It's a very relaxed atmosphere so I would believe that was the most rewarding yeah. for me. Yeah, and just to build on that, on what Devisha just said, I, th- I think of the programs like this, you get out of it what you put into it. And we, we tell our students this all the time. There There is a very small percentage of our students, Lee, that um, well, they'll come to class, they'll do their work, they'll contribute, and they'll leave. And, yes, their degree will look like everybody else's, um, but they leave a lot of value on the table. I think the students that get the most out of a value, out of a program like this, whether it's our MBA or any of our specialized masters, are the ones that really engage. Uh, Devisha is a perfect example of that. She's very active in the graduate mentoring program, the graduate business association, uh, actively engaged in clubs, et cetera. And, and that's where the real value of a program like this is. There's, so there's an extraordinary amount of learning that takes place from our faculty. But I would argue that in a graduate program at Robinson, you learn as much from the other students as you do from 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 the faculty because there's such a diversity in the program. And I'm not necessarily referring to diversity from an ethnic perspective, but it's diversity of thought, people from different industries, et cetera. So it's a far different experience than than your undergraduate uh, experience where you kind of show up to class, students um, listen to get their notebook out or a laptop out and take take notes from the faculty. So so um, so I, I applaud Devisha for for someone who really engaged uh, during her time in the program, because that's what makes the program better for everybody as well. And that's how the student gets the most out of it. Exactly. It's the relationships at the, at the end of the day. That's right. And then, but as long as the university is supporting that and helping kind of foster and nurture these relationships, it really gives the student a chance to really kind of catapult their career. That's right. And, 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 and to that end, um, you know, what we're doing is changing, I think also the dynamic of these programs. So, so it's not a, a two or three year transaction, but it's really a lifelong partnership. Right. Um, learning is continuous. It's just as, as, as Tommy mentioned, um, I think FinTech, I don't think the words or the syllables Fin and tech have been together for very long. Uh, this is, this is all new stuff, right? right. And, and, and even the things that we teach in our MBA curriculum are far different than they were three or five years ago. So right. I think the opportunities to come back as an alumnus, to engage not just from a social or networking perspective, but also from a learning perspective is very, is very powerful. And I think tapping into that alumni community and that continual thirst and need for knowledge is, is part of our responsibility to, to our students. 
Now, if somebody wanted to learn more, what's the coordinates? Absolutely. So, um, www.robinson.gsu.edu is where you can find uh, more about the Robinson College of Business and our graduate programs. So now, once you get to that page, you can drill down to the graduate programs and find you and a- all the absolutely. different resources available. A- absolutely, and it's a, again, there's a large portfolio of programs, so don't don't be overwhelmed. Uh, but uh, something for everyone, we like to say. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks, Lee. And thanks, Tavisha, for for being here today. And thank you, Tommy and Daniel. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for having us. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on GSU ENI Radio.